Welcome, everybody, to the Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Bon Dios, amigos. Ah. Oh, buenos dias. Actually, it's not morning, so it's a, a, a night time. Uh, buenas noches. Uh, but if you want to say Portuguese, it's uh, boa noite. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know Spanish, so. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know enough to get my face slapped. Corey, I got to ask you, man. Are those are the peel-outs, burnout marks still in your garage? Shit, <laughs> <laughs> the smoke you know, is still in his garage. <laughs> Hey, you know what was funny about that, man? I when I when I did that burnout like that, I, you know, I don't do stuff like that, but I couldn't help myself. I had this imagination of how to do this video. It was freaking awesome. I'm gonna tell I you thinking, that. I was thinking to myself, okay, this is the only time I'm gonna do burnouts because that's a good way to tear everything up on your motorcycle, like at least on mine. But if you do it all the time, you're destined to have, cat, you know, catastrophe. But this just one, this just once, wasn't gonna be too bad. But I had to wait for my wife to not be home, and because uh, <laughs> I knew she was gonna like rip me a new one. And, <laughs> hey, but, kept the mosquitoes away, man. But, but you had yeah. video evidence. Yeah, I know. I mean, what's she gonna do now? You know, <laughs> it's on the internet. But look, after after yeah, you're right. Smoke filled up that that garage, man. And I had that I had that windshield on my on my three quarter helmet. And I couldn't get off that bike and get that helmet off fast enough because I was suffocating with all the smoke that was filling up my oh, helmet. Like, oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though, that Makuni on that tra- on the tramp ran like the Incredible Hulk on plutonium. It was freaking nuts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. To answer your question, yeah, the burnouts are still there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is a this is a good moment to pause and introduce our channels. Let's uh, let's start with Saddle Tramp. Why don't you just go ahead and introduce who you are and tell us about your channel. Oh hey amigos, how you guys doing, man? Um, well, my my name my name of my channel is Shadow Tramp, and uh, that's my Superman alias, you know. But <laughs> my Clark Kent is Corey. I'm just uh, happy to be here talking with you guys, the Five Dirty Bikers. How about Ryan? You go next with uh, with telling about your channel. So I'm Ryan. I'm KidMoto22 on Instagram and YouTube. My YouTube channel is essentially um, riding in the Upper Midwest. Um, I'm hoping to be adding some more, you know, long distance traveling. I'm going to try to get some footage for MMM, you know, uh, a little bit of camping that I did this summer. I want to continue to do that next season. I, uh, plan on doing some legitimate gear reviews of the stuff that I have used over the course of this season. Hopefully we'll be adding uh, 20 questions with kid moto for the, uh, part of my, um, part of my winter season. Um, again, just you know, kind of riding in the uh, riding in the upper Midwest. I've got a, a much shorter season than uh, than many other people do, and and I so I have to try to make the most of it when I can. Hey guys, my name's Mike, also known as the Wet Banana, on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, my channel is basically me riding around uh, in the Midwest. Um, live in Topeka, so uh, Topeka, Kansas. So you know, right smack dab in the center of the states. Mostly go around. I don't really have too many videos out. I do DIY stuff. Um, try to do some 
instructional videos or do something just so I can try to help people out pretty much what my channel is about. Cause I know that every time I've watched YouTube, I've, uh, I've always had an issue of, there's always been some type of question that I've had that someone was doing. And if you have those questions, you just make a video about it and go on from there. Hey everybody, my name is Dustin. I go by D-Cycle on YouTube. You can check me out also on Instagram at D-Cycle underscore moto. My channel is pretty much all about riding in Central West Illinois, which is also going to be the spot for the Midwest Moto Meetup. Pretty much uh, I started riding later in life, you know, after I got married, after I had kids. I just started this channel to let you know that you can have a, a damn good time and it's never too late to start riding and just enjoy motorcycles for how awesome they are. Hey guys, my name's Tony. Uh, my channel on YouTube is Tony Cox. You can find me on Instagram at Tony17321. And basically, my channel is based around service videos, maintenance videos, moto vlogging. We do gear reviews, uh, pretty much anything and everything to do with the newer style Harleys. Uh, I'm on an 18 Slim, so everything kind of revolves around that bike at this given time. But if you're interested in any of that stuff, come over and check it out. And I'm Joe. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, the name is Great Egret. You can find me on Instagram at Great Egret Moto. Uh, to get to my YouTube channel, just head straight to greategretmoto.com. And I focus on motorcycles, my love of them, sharing that, and also sharing my travel adventures. And I like to talk about how freaking amazing life is. I'm going to have to get mine scripted because your all sounds like really good. Mine's just like a sack of shit. <laughs> uh, I was going to the same thing about me, Tony, so <laughs> you guys all sounded great, so. And now it's time for the Moose Knuckle Mike Word of the Week. It's like Jeff, you'll free your mind. The word of the day is deracinate, deracinate. I think it's how you spell it, deracinate. That sounds pornographic. <laughs> That's what I thought it was, too, whenever I saw it. That sounds like Adam and Eve. You make it uncomfortable. It means to, the, it's a, a, a French 16th century word. It's a verb. And the first definition is to uproot. My pants just got tight. And, <laughs> and the, it's getting uprooted. Whatever, skinny jeans. <laughs> And the, yeah. and the second definition is to take something out of its native environment. And what's this word again? Deracinate. Deracinate. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you in a couple of sentences. Please. <laughs> My family deracinated from our <laughs> own country to search for a better life elsewhere. <laughs> Uh, here's another one. After I deracinated all the leaves, <laughs> my garden looked better than ever. Uh, all right. I have a question for Tramp. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm not going to ask you about your bikes. I'm going to ask you about the content creation. What, what are you using as far as cameras and what are you editing on and all that good stuff? Oh, well, I'm using... I'm using I'm using several cameras actually. Um, the main one I use is a is a Canon Vixia G20. 
that's what I mainly use is, is for the you know the in the garage stuff. And then I have two GoPro Hero threes that I'm still using. Those two I'm using, and I'm using a Hero uh, Session. I think it's a four. I got something I got cheap off of eBay. So those are the cameras I'm using. Oh yeah, and also my cell phone every once in a while. So and, when you're setting up the GoPros when you're doing all those multiple camera shots, like with you pulling in your driveway and riding through the garage and. Oh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you're gonna you're gonna make me reveal my. my... Well, no, I was just curious <laughs> if you're using GoPros or if you're using just your one Canon and just. No, actually, I'm using my Canon for stuff like that because the reason I do that is because I can see what I'm aiming at. Sure. Uh, and I mean, I have, I have uh, LCD screens I can put on my, on my GoPros, but they suck so much juice. Yeah. And so I use that Canon, and I try to get that right angle, you know, that perfect shot, not perfect shot, but just a really good camera angle. And usually what happens, I'm using that one camera for all those shots. So it's, even though it looks like I'm just pulling in the driveway, I've, I've made like five different go rounds in the driveway. You know? Uh, I know exactly how that is. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, which I noticed in my last video, I sounded like I was out of breath <laughs> when I started <laughs> talking. I was like, oh, well, maybe I should have waited five minutes. You know, I didn't realize when I was recording, but but that's that's primarily what I use, and and for convenience sake, um, when I'm out and about, and uh, I'll pull out my cell phone and use it. Around. No, it looks good. You are you just learning as you go, Tramp, or have you been doing this video stuff for a while? Because the way you're editing these videos, man, they're they're really good. Well, I've kind of been I've been teaching myself. I, don't, I haven't had anybody to show me anything. I see. I've had that channel for. I guess about two years now. And as I went along, I started catching on to things when I watch other people's videos. I'm, I'm wondering how'd they do that? How'd they do this? And then I started figuring out, I bought, uh, ended up going down to Best Buy and getting Adobe Premiere. Because the only reason I knew about it is because I heard Joe talk about it to somebody on, on, uh, on the internet. I don't remember if it was, I don't remember if it was uh, Discord or on, on, or on YouTube, but I was like, okay. So I knew what to look for because, but that's what I'm using. Oh, nice. um, yeah, Premiere's Premiere's good stuff. It really is. The it's, thing is, Premiere is like when I use it on my laptop, and that's all I have is my laptop. It's like ten pounds of crap in a five-pound bag. You know, it's 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 my poor laptop struggles to run it. I feel so, your pain, brother. I I struggle to very, do the same thing. Yeah, it is a very memory-hungry program. It is, and I mean, hell, even your top-notch computers can hose up with that damn thing too. Yeah, exactly. I'll show you, you know, some. I'll show you some tricks at uh, MMM that to to help you with that that slowness. That, there's, that there's a few things you can do. You you had like in the last week you just blew up, right? Oh, this started like last Thursday or so. Uh, yeah, what's up with that, you know? <laughs> well, not, well deserved, first of all, but also, I mean, do you know what sparked this? Because, like you said, you were at like 400-something subscribers for a while, and then all of a sudden, you just took off like you had a rocket up your ass. Yeah, really. Um, I started doing, I started looking at the analytics, and, and I figured it out, is that apparently what got all the attention was that video I made about swapping my 103 twin cam for the Evo. Right. And what's interesting is that it's not only showing up in people's feeds on YouTube, but it's showing up on Google and stuff like that. And I'm, what's really appealing is with the people I'm, whose attention I'm getting the most are people like um, 55 and up or 50 and up or something like that. 
people who rode those kind of things back right. when they were new. Right. right. And, and, uh, but that's, that's basically what's, what's happening. And then I'm starting to notice it's other people from other age groups are starting to come, come on board. And I mean, I, it, it really tripped me out that I saw that shade tree surgeon had subscribed to my channel because of that. And I was like, Whoa, you know, I mean, what, 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 I thought this guy hated Harleys, but then again, I knew he didn't. Well, he, he's building shoppers like, too. So it's, it's right up his alley. I think yeah. What you're doing. He is actually not as much interested in the Evo chopper as he was. I mean, not the Evo chopper, the Evo soft tail as he was, as he is in the Ironhead chopper project. So that, that's really? uh, no doubt, you know, because he's, he's doing a chopper thing himself. Um, you know, going, going back to our first podcast about the mode of logging stuff. Saddle Tramp is one of those people that is, he, he's a prime example of content and personality. And he doesn't, he doesn't have, you know, super professional gear and everything else. And he's not, you know, super educated about doing the, the editing and all that stuff he's learning as he goes and uh, you know all of us are but that's that's the thing is man you just you're the you are the perfect storm your channel is so it's like what tony said it's like content is king and tony when you come when you come here we're gonna go to the alton bell i'm gonna take you to the boat to gamble because you called the shot you pulled a babe ruth and you said that saddle tramp was gonna take off and look what happened yeah it was yeah so we're going to the craps tables when you get here going to the Hey, I got the, I got casinos down here where I'm at. So you know, anytime you come down, we'll go down there. Yeah, right there, right there, downtown Alton's Alton Bell Casino. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm a horrible gambler. I'm not even allowed to go to the track. <laughs> Can't even pick a loser. You're so I, mean, I mean, I bet on a horse last summer, and the fucker's still running. Uh, that's funny. So the the interesting thing that I like about this too is this that. Um, you know, we touched on this on the, is motive logging dead and in one of our, in our podcast where we talked about the sub for sub business and that kind of stuff. And we talked about what kind of support works and doesn't work. And we just proved the whole thing to be true. So on my old versus new video, I mentioned uh, saddle tramp and Percy. So saddle tramp watches my video. He gives me a shout out on his video and he blows up. So it takes me all summer to get to 100 subs, which I announced last week on our, um, on our podcast um, for part of my uh, Five Dirty Facts was that I'd reached 100 subs. Okay, so now we're seven days later. The video that Saddle Tramp mentions me on now has um, almost 2,000 views, and I'm at 206 subs right now. Awesome. Wow. That's it took cool. Me, I, so I got 100 subs in a week. Now, again, that's not the thousand subs a day that you were getting saddle tramp, but truly yeah. that was from, I mean, I looked at some of the people as they were, um, as they were subbing to my channel, I would click on their channels and go and look and um, probably 85% of them were subbed to your channel. So wow. that's the perfect example of how, you know, providing support within your content beyond yeah. sub for sub is really what is going to change the game and it absolutely wow. did for me i mean i i have been my that my video that that old versus new video is mm -hmm. tripling triple outperforming anything i have but they wow. are the other videos on my channel 
much like the last five or six videos that you've done are starting uh -huh. to do the same thing. People are watching other videos in my, in my content, but that old versus new, it's just every single day it goes up by a hundred views. Wow. That's just freaking awesome, man. So, so yeah, I mean, I completely got, I completely got support from your, you know, your channel taking off. It directly affected me. See, I didn't even see that coming when I, when I even made that video. I didn't, I well, and, I uploaded it now. and I now think that's why I said, I'm a, I'm a, I said, uh, when I said it, he's a new guy, you know, I mean, he doesn't, ha doesn't have a lot of videos. He's a new guy. Like I'm a new guy. I still feel like a new guy, you know? Um, that's, that's just freaking wild. I would have thought that the video before that, when I mentioned all five of you guys, you know, so, you know, by now, some of y'all might've picked up some stuff. What I like best about what's going on with your channel is it shows people, I mean, beyond sub for sub, it shows other content creators that you don't need tricks to succeed. No, all, all exactly. you need, all you need is to be yourself. Yeah. Put out good quality content while being yourself. And that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Saddle Tramp. I love huh. watching your channel grow because of that. Not because of any tricks, not because of anything else, because you're being yourself. You're doing what you love to do. You're showing others what you love to do. Well, Joan, I think to, to, to kind of go off of what you just said too, the good quality content is for sure absolutely the the uh, the key, but good honest quality content because I think that's what I keyed in on to my talking about saddle tramp and talking about Percy directly was part of my video content and not to name drop, and saddle tramp's mention of me was in response to the video I put out not to name drop and that honesty feeds off each other. You know what I mean? Uh, hmm. So. Just it, tell everybody there ain't no voodoo black magic. There is, right? <laughs> right, exactly. No, but I mean, it, it's not plumbing. No, it, it, that's it. It, it that's goes it. right to it goes right to Tony's con Tony's comment. Content is king. Tramp, you have the perfect format. I watched that that video. Real bikers, do they wrench? Mm -hmm. And the the B roll you had in the front of the older shop, all together with the older bikes and the bluesy music and your garage, everything just, it flowed and it all worked together. And I don't know if you did that on purpose or if that was just a happy accident. Are you talking about the video where I got new tires and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that well, what's, what's really weird about ironic, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know the right word for it, but I wasn't even planning on making a video that day when I did that. But it's it just it just flowed right off the hip, you know, when I did all that. I mean, I watched and that I'll, video, and later that day is when I made that comment. I said the channel's gonna blow up. It was <laughs> it was a perfect video. You keep doing what you're doing because not trying hard is kicking ass. So yep. Well, that's the thing. I never have an idea what I'm gonna. That's I, I, like I, that's like what I say in every video now. You know, I have no idea what the heck I'm gonna film next, but you know, I'll try to keep <laughs> it interesting. And I, and that's honest. I have right now. I. I'm trying to think, what am I going to do next? Because you know? I'm just Hello. kind of shooting from the hip every time. You know? Well, you got to take a bunch of footage at MMM. Oh, yeah. I, I plan to. I plan to do There's something. going to be MMM footage like all, all over the Moto King. Man, I sure hope oh, that nobody's it. camera shy because, sweet Jesus, there's going to be a lot of cameras going Oh, on. hell yeah. You know, well, 
I was I was thinking about that Tony too because uh, <laughs> the only person that I was that I was wondering if if they were going to get weirded out by all that is Percy's never done a face reveal. Well, mm. he better block head up and wear his helmet the whole time. <laughs> 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 he's, he's, I know that's that's what I was thinking too. I'm like he's not on and you know his face reveal. He better we better tell him you better do his own face reveal. Otherwise, we're going to be revealing it for him. He's done some pretty creative things to avoid showing his face. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Gonna wear a Richard Nixon mask or something. <laughs> I saw one of his videos where he, uh, where he was standing and by his bike in such a way where you would have saw his face in your rearview mirror, and he and he blurred that out. Yep, exactly. I, like, I thought I said to myself, "Really? Come on, man." <laughs> well, it's going to be a tough weekend for him. <laughs> Because there's yeah. gonna be cameras everywhere. He's gonna have to go sleep in the woods. Or he's got to wear a ski mask the whole time. <laughs> so I got I got a question now. I got a question now, Tramp. And this this is one this is one that I, I know a little bit about already, but I, I kinda want I want the deep story. I want I want the the whole story of of the tramp. Tell us about that bike, man. Oh, I want the whole story, huh? Oh, well, let me go get a drink real quick. No, nah, I'm just kidding. All right, there I was. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that that bike started off as a as a bike that I bought for my wife. Um, I walked into a bike shop, scooters. You know, you guys have seen scooters in in, in my videos at that bike shop. Yeah. I walked in. I walked in there to get a uh, a rear tire for my soft tail, and I ended up leaving with a motorcycle instead. And imagine that. It's, I've like done that. To, it's like going to fucking Walmart. <laughs> yeah. And so what, what happened is that it, I ended up with that motorcycle from a previous conversation that Kenny and I had. And you guys probably saw Kenny in my giddy up video where I'm talking to him at the counter. Um, yes. Anyway, he, uh, he was telling me, Hey, well, of course Kenny knows me as drummer. Cause that was my club club name back when I was doing the club thing. He never stopped calling me that. And he said, hey, drummer, man, look, Lee, I got that Sportster, that guy who said he was going to buy it. You know, he never came and got it. So, man, if you're still interested in it, here's the, the keys in it. Take, it. take it for a ride down the road, see if you want it. So, oh, okay, sure, why not? So I got on that bike and fired it up. And, uh, and you know, it was only a four-speed Evo. And, and I was like, okay, I rode it. And I was like, okay, yeah, I like it. What do you want for it? And he, he, he said, I'll take X amount of dollars. I don't remember what it was. It was really cheap, though. So I ended up buying it from him. And I thought, hey, this will be a good ride for my from my from my wife because she said she wanted to ride motorcycles. You know, she said she said she wanted to have her own bike. And so I brought the bike home, and I'm going over it, and I'm riding it here and there, and and I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I know it has a little issue with shifting, you know, because you you downshift and and the lever doesn't want to come back up. You have to fish it back up with your toe. For me, somebody like me, I, I'm not, you know. I'm I'm not intimidated by that. I can ride a bike like that, but a wife who you know doesn't know how to ride, that would be a lot of you know that would be a lot of trouble for her without wrecking. Uh, we came across another another opportunity to buy another motorcycle, and it was a much newer bike. Well, it was an '03 Sportster in perfect shape, mint condition. And I told her that well, you know, that bike would be better for you than the one we just got. And she asked me why do I say that, and I said well it's because. And I told her about the shifting issue. I said, mechanically speaking, that bike would be better for you. Her exact words was, well, I guess this will be your motorcycle. And I said, oh, cool. I got a, another motorcycle. How about, <laughs> how about that? That's pretty neat. Anyway, uh, so I, I figured, well, since it's my motorcycle, I'm going to 
take it take the transmission out and see why it won't, doesn't want to you know return the shifter lever i pulled the transmission out and i found the problem that that was causing the shifter not not want to not wanting to uh, return while i was in there uh, i also found i found another issue i was trying to point it out on my live broadcast the other night you know when i showed the engine cases but there was a big old weld mark going across the inside of the transmission casing where it was broken at one time hmm. and when they did the welding job whoever did it didn't did not do a very good job there was yeah. a critical dimension an id where a bearing goes for the uh, uh counter drive shaft of the transmission where it was egg-shaped because uh, you know it was that crack went all the way across that id too so so it ruined that id and so that's that's why it was leaking transmission fluid all the time so that told me this this motorcycle needs new engine cases. So I fixed it. I decided to put new engine cases in it. And, but she knew what was going on in my head because I saw that <laughs> I was reliving my, my earlier days when I saw that movie, uh, 21 days under the sky. Love that and, movie. And, uh, and I so immediately missed my old, my old, my first Harley, which was a 1979 Ironhead on a rigid frame and it was all kickstart. Because oh, uh, those bikes, those guys were riding, was that bike was just that. And I missed that bike. I wished I'd never sold it because I had to sell it because at the time I was in a club and that, that bike wasn't going to hang. So if, anyway, you, if you could see my, my face right now and what I'm doing, I'm just, I'm sitting here smiling and shaking my head at the same time. Dude. <laughs> I know what you, I know what you're feeling right now. I'm thinking right. about that. But anyway, also, I also lived that at one time, you know, how them guys just traveled all over the place. You know, I did that. You know, that's where the idea of tramp comes from. So anyway, well, that's part of it. But anyway, my wife knew what was going through my head when, when she knew I was going to fix that bike because I'd seen that movie and she saw my wheels turning. If, if, you're, married, if you're married long enough, nobody knows you better than your spouse. And she you're didn't not have getting to, there. Yeah, I mean, she knows exactly <laughs> what you, what, what, what's going on in that brain of yours. She says, okay. Well, if you're going to keep this motorcycle, you need to leave it alone. But one thing, do not turn it into a chopper. That's exactly so said, what you do after that. Yeah, that's exactly. Well, I said to her, I, I said to her, well, well um, okay, <laughs> like Forrest Gump, okay, you know. And so, lo and behold, I pulled the motor out. I pulled the motor apart, and um, I'd already had parts ordered. And, you know, coming in the mail, you know, to, to, to chop, you know, to make this thing a rigid frame. And uh, <laughs> she didn't know about it. And uh, one day I'm, I, I've got the cutting wheel out and, and I've got the frame naked, you know, the motor's out of it, the front end's off of it, the wheel's off, it's just a bare frame. And <laughs> I'm thinking I'm going to do this real quick. I pulled out the cutting wheel, I'm cutting the frame in half and she catches me in the middle of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. Yeah, kind of like in that last video, honey. What are you doing? <laughs> so, so anyway, we have moments like that all the time. So we got past that, and you know, you know, because I didn't pass the point of no return. It wasn't nothing that, that could be done about it. I'm committed. The frame's cut in half. I better do something with it now. Right. And so fast forward a bit. My parts came in, and. And I got a, had a good buddy of mine. Uh, he helped me weld the frame together. But before that happened, I, I ended up um, totally building the entire engine and transmission all over again because I came across uh, somebody on eBay that actually had 
a set of engine cases from you know 86 to 90 era because that's a bastard era you know right there hmm. and somebody actually had a pair so they ended up buying a set of a set of cases ended up totally redoing the whole engine i never done it before just wanted to, that was another thing i wanted to see if i could do it anyway uh got the got the engine built and um a friend of mine a coworker of mine who works in the fab department i, I just was talking with him telling him about a, a project i'm doing i wasn't trying to ask for help and he's a good old he was a good old country boy that you know just wants to help everybody he says man when you get ready get ready to that point when you excuse me when you get ready to get to that point bring all that stuff down here we'll come down here on, on a day off and we'll put it all together we'll weld it up i said really oh awesome so wow uh, i don't know if you saw that any of you guys saw that slideshow that i put on youtube about me building the tramp uh that guy who's doing the welding on the frame that's that's that co-worker of mine that bike got together and um i built the rest of it in my garage and rode it around for about six months and ended up chopping it again uh but not on the not not on the rear section but on the front ended up chopping the, the down tubes down there by the bottom motor mounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a friend of mine, one of the mechanics up there at scooters. He's a old timey guy. You know, he's in fact, I plan on, I plan on interviewing him and put and putting him on my channel here in the future. This guy, this, this guy's like 70 years old and he was, he's been around before catalogs, you know, and he knows some things. He's, he's, he's kind of like my guru who I go to when I have questions. Anyway, he, he offered, his help in and stretching and raking that frame. I think it was last, uh, let's see, two springs ago. That's what happened. We ended up chopping it again on the front. Went from a, a 30 degree rake to a 40 degree rake and to, to fit that 10 over front end that's on there. And then I rode it around like that for a little while and I was still a little kind of, a little kind of uh, dissatisfied with the, how much power it had, even though I built the engine, you know, it was just, that motorcycle was built before 70 miles an hour was the speed limit on the interstate. I mean, not the motorcycle, but that engine was designed that way. Before you get into the engine, tell us, tell us a bit about that rake and how that 10 degree difference really changed it. Oh, it made it, it turned it into a whole different beast. Doesn't really handle as easy as it did before I raked it. Just made it look cool. Well, I say it's not, doesn't handle it very easy at slow speeds. It, the front end feels a little heavy. Um, but it's just something that you get used to. It's not impossible to do. It's, it's just doesn't handle like a stock bike. Um, but going down the highway because of the way it's raked, raked the way it is, it, it'll go as straight as the, as an arrow. You know, that's how, that's how it handles, you know, the front end at slow speeds pulling in my driveway, you know, it feels a little heavy, but after I being I beating that, I'm the guy that rides it, you know, I'm, it, I don't notice it because I'm used to it. But, but now then it's funny though, when I get on, on a stock bike, like, like, you know, like soft tail, uh, it's, it's like night and day. I, I don't, I don't want to say one's better than the other or, or one is, uh, worse than the other. It's just, you're, t- you're comparing apples and oranges. Just different. Most people cannot ride that bike because they're, they're just totally unfamiliar with it. They would, they would have to relearn how to ride again. Well, that's probably extreme to say that, but it's, you'd have to ride it a couple of days before you, you know, really trust yourself around town or, for sure. I, I probably didn't say that right either. But anyway, it's just, just different. It's just different. I did what I did to that bike. A lot of it was one because I, I wanted I wanted to relive my old Ironhead chopper that I used to have because I missed that bike. And two, just 
Mississippi has some of the worst roads in the country. And, and everybody would say, oh, man, you're going to kill yourself on that bike, you know, and yada, 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 yada. And I'm like, well, that just gave me more incentive to do that, you know. But that was like the least of reasons, actually. I just wanted to do it because I wanted I wanted a bike that was mine, you know, that, that people knew it was mine. And at the same time, I wanted a bike that I had pictured in my head. You know, I had a silhouette in my mind of what I wanted to do with it. And in the end, you know, my wife loves the motorcycle, even though she told me don't do that. She was a trooper. She got on the back of that bike with no foot pegs and wrapped her feet around my, you know, around me and had, had her feet up on the gas tank, actually. It was kind of funny. Trev, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second. How, oh, yeah, how, sure. harsh, how harsh is that rigid tail? Oh, it's not harsh at all, man. It's the roads that are harsh. No. So it, it rides pretty smooth. So it, it's like, I'm going to use that from now on. I'm going to say that every time somebody says that, that, that Sportster is not good for long distance. It's the road. It's not the Sportster. It's the road. Because obviously you ride the damn thing distance, right? Yeah, whenever I get a chance. Yeah, I definitely. So it built can't it. be too hard on you. Well, it's like this. I can't, I, I can't ride it like. You know, I'm 41 years old. I'm not. I'm not 23 years old anymore. So when I was 23, I could have done it a lot easier. But, but at the same time, I don't know. I guess it depends. On what, it depends on what kind of shape you're in. But I got you. You have to be. You have to be mindful of what you're riding, and know your limits when you're riding something like that. You know, it doesn't mean it's impossible to take it on a long haul. But you got to know what you. What can you do on that bike, at at certain lengths and certain intervals. And I realized that I could not ride that motorcycle, that motorcycle like I rode my soft tail. Because my soft tail, I could ride 110 miles at 80 miles an hour at a time and stop, gas, and chill. Not necessarily on this bike. It depends on a couple of things. It depends on uh, what's the road like. And it depends on, um, you know, how much am I able to endure sitting in that, in that position like I'm doing, you know. It, it, there's a few variables involved. There's, there's been some days where I could have rode forever, and then there's just been other days. One, one thing that you've said to me before, Tramp, is we as human beings have the ability to push our limits a little bit further than our brains will really allow us to. And it's <laughs> just, just man up, right? I, you've yeah, talked uh, to me about this before. Yeah, it just depends on what you want to do. Now, honestly, you know, I don't know. It's the day and the era we live in, and I'm not, I'm not knocking people who ride comfortable motorcycles every one of you guys ride a more comfortable motorcycle than i do i'm not knocking any any of that it's just that we've been conditioned culturally to be more comfortable than what we used to be and i'm not trying to say i'm trying to be tough like those guys but i'm just starting to see the perspective of it you know it's like when i rode the texas on that bike it i had a i had an insight about that you know there was a couple of times when i when i was uncomfortable but it wasn't absolute torture but we've been so used right. to having the most comfort as possible and it's not really me trying to prove a point you know i'm more than trying what trying to prove anything but i just had this thought about that you know you know there's there's some things that are that, that i can do on that bike that i can't do on a stock bike but what do i want to do on that bike when it comes to road trips i want to take that bike everywhere i can take it I'll, i will ride that thing on the el diablo run if i can get away with it you know but right. I, I'm pretty sure I don't want to ride that that motorcycle in Mexico, you know, because Mexico's got freaking craters for potholes and stuff. 
I'll tell you, there's, there's times I've, I've hit bumps on that bike. I felt like I was assaulted, man. I was offended. I wanted to hit that. <laughs> <laughs> He's going back to pick his kidneys up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had to pull over to make sure I didn't break the frame or something like that. And I was like, golly. But I was, you know, made me, made me kind of proud of my weld jobs, you know, that I did. Right. <laughs> Truly, though, Tramp, nothing, nothing proved to me more than when I rode with Joe earlier this summer that you got to ride the bike that's the right one for you. When I watched Joe ride my bike, I was like, whoa. It just, it, <laughs> that thing just, it, it all, the, the idea of that, the whole, you know, and I've said it a million times and I, and I swear by it, you got to ride your ride. You got to find the bike that works for you, that fits you, that yeah. you feel comfortable on. Because if you're not on the right bike, motorcycling can be miserable. The, the whole idea, like you said, is, um, you know, when you find the right bike that fits you, that you've done the right modifications, the right things to it to make it your bike and to make it comfortable for you to do the kind of riding that you want to ride, then you know you're, you're, you know you're doing the right thing, you're in the right place, you're on the right bike. I mean, every time I sit down on my bike, I don't regret for one second that I traded away my Sportster. I loved my Sportster aesthetically. I think they're still some of the best looking motorcycles that Harley's ever built. Right. Um, I love working on them. I loved modifying them. I hate riding them long distance. I just, this is not, see, not worth, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing I was trying, I was, your old versus new kind of inspired me to say, and I didn't, I didn't even take it like you were trying to call me out or even trying to address my way of being, but I it made me reflect on, why am I the way I am, you know? And, and I thought, you know, I wonder if I ever gave anybody the impression that you got to do like this or do like that, or be like me or be like that to be whatever it is they are, you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of people out there who are like that. Oh, and I and, never, yeah, I never felt that way at all. And, and I, you know, I was on the same, same wave. Yeah. I was, I was on the same wavelength as you are. I mean, when when you were when you were talking about it and saying you needed to reflect on why you are the way you are, that's why I say ride your ride. I mean, look what Mike did. I mean, Mike said on our last podcast, had he bought the KLR before he bought the Sportster, he never would have ridden, even ridden a Harley, much less purchased one. So yeah, I heard, it's a perfect. Heard that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, perfect example. And 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 I think you know, like I said, big ups to Mike. He's he's riding the bike that he feels like he should be riding, and I think that's. Right. That's the most important thing to me about motorcycling is that if you're on the bike that you feel like you're the most comfortable, it makes you the happiest when you're riding, you feel the most like yourself riding that bike, then, yeah. then you're on the right bike. And, and there's lots of people that say, when you get off your bike and you walk away, if you don't look back at your bike and think that bike is really, really cool, you're not <laughs> on the right bike. I did that a hundred times on the way to and from Texas when every time we stopped. <laughs> I had to take all kinds of pictures. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, with me, just... I take it a step further, you know. Uh, and I remember you, kid, in your video about old versus new, you know, correct me if I don't remember this right, but what I got from that is is that knowing, you know, having the assurance that you're going to get where you're going is 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 important or something like that. Am I am I am I wrong about that? Yeah, I mean, and for for me, that was definitely uh, definitely a motivating factor. Like one of the right. things, yeah, absolutely. That's um, that was one of the things for me. Old versus new was that, you know, part of the idea for me of having a new bike was having the updated technology, the newest, the 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 thing where I could I know I can go out to my garage, get on my bike, start it up, and and ride it. And it reminded me of when you did your last video. 
and you started your bike and you waited for it to warm up, right? That's, <laughs> an, old, that's an old Harley mentality. Us with yeah. new bikes, we don't do that. We start our bikes and we drive. Yeah. You don't have to, yeah, you don't have to do that. You don't have, no, absolutely, you don't, you don't have to warm up, no. So, yeah. so, but that's, you know, and again, that's not, um, that's not knocking what you do, nor is right. it, nor is it giving my, me more credit. I have to ride how I ride with what I'm comfortable right. riding and all of those things. And, and like I said to, to Mike too, like, you know, I'm going to meet Mike halfway. We're going to ride into MMM together. I don't give two shits what anybody thinks about what bike Mike is riding. I'm riding a Harley. Mike's riding a KLR. I don't care yeah. what anybody else around us thinks. I'll ride with Mike every day of the week. I don't care. Right. And when it comes to stuff like that, man, and people have something to say about it, you know, you got to, my question is who says, you know, is this written right. down somewhere? Is this the law? And what is it? What is a freaking biker anyway, man? I mean, what is that man-made persona anyway? Right. You know, I mean, what is that stereotype? I mean, it, there, there is no standard because people are who they are. Well, know? didn't you say that in your last video too? Who, who decides what's cool? Well, I said something basically that it's right. absolutely absurd to think that there's one way to motorcycling. Right. There you go. Yeah, yeah. right. People, right. people, everybody comes from somewhere, you know? And everybody yeah. has a background and nobody has the same background. Nobody, you know, everybody has a different story from when they're coming. But when it, when it, but anybody who wants to ride a motorcycle, they're still going to be that same person that came from a unique place that wants to ride a motorcycle, you know, and nobody, and nobody has the right or the authority to tell somebody, Oh, well, you have to be like this to ride this. This it's a freaking motorcycle. Just throw your leg over the darn thing and ride the thing for crying out loud. You know, that's it. God, I love that. And, <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, I, I, I did the whole club scene thing. I did the whole quote unquote biker thing. And, and, you know, but it ain't, it ain't for me, you know? And, uh, me, when it comes to motorcycling, I just, you know, you talk about uh, wanting to, and I, and I get that. There's absolutely no wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to having that assurance of getting where you're going. To me, I have a little different. Yeah, I definitely want to get to where I'm going. I'm not looking for trouble. But <laughs> the, the fun thing about riding the tramp is, uh, oh, wow, I made it. That's awesome. You know? <laughs> make it you know, not only that, if something does go wrong with it, you can fix it because you right. built for sure. Well, I'm not going to be prepared for every little single thing that could go wrong, you know, but I'd like to be somewhat able, you know, to be able to, you know, you know what I'm saying? And, but the things I can't fix, I mean, I want to make sure they're in top notch shape before I go anywhere, you know, like tires is one of them. I seem to have bad luck with tires. <laughs> but, so, so I'm like this every time I go on a road trip, I got to have brand new tires as you guys saw. And that one of my more recent videos, you know, I got new tires put on. That's because I'm going to Illinois on that bike. Got on a rabbit trail. But, yeah, it's definitely absurd to think that there's only one way to motorcycling. It's, it's just, it's, it's, that's just some man-made persona. That was something started by, you know, by that, I don't know, it's my opinion. It's something started by Hollywood, you know. It's like uh, that movie, The Wild Ones, came out in the 50s. And then, and then, and then you got this outlaw motorcycle image that came about. And I'm not knocking those guys they are they they prove their point they are who they are you know that they'll definitely mess your world up right but i think it was you know it was freaking influenced by freaking television and then like just like uh i remember when that movie biker boys came out and i was still in the club at the time and all after that movie came out all of a sudden all these little crotch rocket clubs popped up everywhere 
Right. And, and then and then Sons of Anarchy comes about and then everybody wants to ride a Dyna you know, and, and, and have a fair and have tea bars and, 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 and get in a club. I was like, Ali, I'll just it's 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 influenced by freaking media and television. And yeah, why can't people just be who they are? And right. When I stopped watching TV and stuff like that, I started realizing I'm, I'm becoming more of an individual than I am than I am a freaking zombie, you know. Right. But I'm not knocking people who watch TV, but I just started seeing this. I'm knocking people who ride Donna's. I was going to say, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Because if you didn't know, I don't like Donna's. It's in the air. Yeah, in the, in the I heard that. Tramp, I, I, I know others have questions here. I, I got one more before we move on to somebody else asking you a question. What do you okay. think of the What do you think of the the new Dino Lowrider? Excuse me. What do you think of the new M8 Lowrider S? Um. Honestly, I think it's a good-looking motorcycle. Um, I don't, I don't know pounds. anything about it. I've never ridden an M8. Um, you guys know more about them than I do. Well, I know Tony does, and I know D does. I really not even knocking. I don't even knock the new motor. Um, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's a good motor. But I think uh, Harley may have done a good thing. You know, it might. It, it may have been there a good answer to if it is an answer to the people who are angry about the Dyna going away. Um, and I think I think John Maxwell mentioned that too, but it looks just like the old, you know, night, um, 2017 Dyna a Lowrider S. You know, has that has that look, has that stance, has the bronze wheels. Right. Um, it may, you know, bring back some of those people who are so, you know, despondent and so, you know, disillusioned with Harley for going the route they did. Honestly, I don't blame Harley for do, going the route they did. I, I may not, it may not be my style, but as, you know, if as a business and a corporation, you know, you, you gotta, you know, think about it, you know, Mustangs don't look like they used to back in the seventies and neither do Camaros, neither do Trans Ams. That's a really thing. good point, man. They should have killed the Dyna off like 10 years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> they should have never made the damn thing. Stuck well, with the FXR and been done with it. I don't know. I had a, actually, I bought a Dyna in 20, uh, not 20, 2003, brand new. And I put over a hundred thousand miles in that bike, and never had to go into that motor or do anything to the suspension. A hundred thousand miles. Yeah. Were those original miles? Original miles. <laughs> there's, a, there's a difference. There's a difference. No original miles. I mean, other than your routine maintenance, like you know, tires, wheel bearings, things like that. But I never had to go into the motor. In fact, that motor's still going. Um, I sold it to a friend of mine, and he's still riding on it on its That's original awesome. engine miles and transmission miles. I had to help him replace the belt and I helped him replace the cam chain tensioners, but that's just, that's just a given on those twin cams. Yeah. And, and no one died because of speed wobble. Did you ever drive over 55 in that thing? Some of the Dinas used to get those, those death wobbles. Yeah. Some of them, I don't know anybody that did. I know there was an issue at, I don't remember what year it was. I think it was the early two thousands. Cause I, I knew some, some club guys that, you know, that had that issue with their front ends. And the answer to that was to put a stabilizer bar on it. My heritage was susceptible to that. If, if, even if the rear tire was low you know, a little bit, my, my front end would start wobbling. And it's just, it's for some reason, I don't know what it is about those FL style uh, front ends, but they were susceptible to that kind of thing. I've heard of more FL, more bikes from the FL line doing it than the Dynas. I mean, the Dinas did it for a little bit, then they quit. So, some, I guess Harley fixed something somewhere. Tramp, after you modified the, the, the Tramp, 
when you went and got tags for that, did they have to do anything or they, you just. Oh no, that was the beauty of that. See, that's what kept with the reason why I cut my frame in half and, and just welded up a different tail section was because the state will still recognize that as the same motorcycle because the VIN number's on the neck. You know? Nice. I was right. curious about that. But you go all and right. get another frame and you go and put a, a motor in it, then that's when you start running into all that red tape. I have this, this Ironhead project I've got. The frame has no numbers on it, but I, there's a loophole because the VIN number that's on the motor is, is what's on the title. So I guess I can, I can get away with that, you know. So, but, yeah. So when you go to tag up, they don't really care. It's the same. Right. In fact, I've already got a tag for the iron head, you know, and it's not even together. Um, I was always curious about that. I didn't know after you modified something that heavy, you had to have it, you know, recertified or whatnot. Now you can right. go on your old bike, Tony, because now you know. Man, right now, I'll tell you what, if I would have had the nuts, I would have cut that 16 Sportster I had up. <laughs> on it. I, would, I would love to watch you do that. Man, I just, did, I just didn't have the balls to do it. I've got a 2010 at a real good price. You could do it too. <laughs> I think, I think in five years when we keep on crushing MMM, we need to tr see if we can find a way to get a donor bike. And then instead of us all riding down, we need to drive down, bring all of our tools and cut and build a bike in three days. And what kind of site that it can have tents. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can do that in three days unless you have all the parts and you know where they're going. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, right. that's a, that's that's a, a tall order. Yeah. Yeah, I just speak it from experience, you know, because uh, when I was building the tramp, I was like, oh, man, how's that going to work? <laughs> 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 I had a lot of moments like that. There's parts on that bike you can't buy because I had to make them. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait for all you boys' balls to drop then to do I it. I know. Mine, <laughs> mine hadn't dropped that much yet. But... <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Corey, let me ask you: Do you have a do you have a comm system like a, a center or anything? I guess not, because I don't know what that is. Okay, <laughs> I was just what curious. It, it'd be cool uh, a Bluetooth communicator. That way you could communicate with other riders while you're riding. Oh, that's what that is. Where you wouldn't do yeah. like duo vlogs or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I don't have one of those. I was gonna say it'd be cool if a lot of us could connect you and do like a, a multi-person vlog. That would be needed MMM. Well, I know where I know where I can get something like that. There's a there's a, another bike shop down in downtown Gulfport that has. A, okay, I got one you can borrow. They, well, okay, I was just gonna text you about that. I was gonna say, what about the one the extra one you have? I didn't want to say it. In the I podcast. got one that's not even hooked up. It's, I don't even use the damn thing. It pisses me uh, off. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a calm failed. <laughs> yeah, it, it pisses me off, man. I just I just as soon lift up my visor and yell. <laughs> at least that's reliable that's funny. oh man well let's let's have yelling be the last resort and let's let's get cory let's get saddle tramp hooked up with with an extra one well, i guess i'm gonna have to hook mine up now too <laughs> <laughs> gotta wire that thing up like iron man dude i just want to hear you yell that's the only thing i want <laughs> <laughs> I'll yell with you, Tony, because Joe and I couldn't connect when we were together. Because I ended up getting, I got a pack talk. I didn't. I mean, I've but... never had any luck with that damn thing, honestly. I don't know with what with your Senna with the, or yeah, with the Senna. I just never had any luck. Yeah, I can't ever connect to anyone either. I might need to update the firmware. 
Corey, I had I, I actually had a couple of couple of questions. First off, what was your first motorcycle? Dang, that's um, a good question. My first motorcycle was a let's see if I get the year right now, ninety-eight uh Honda Shadow Ace eleven hundred. And and that was a nice bike, actually. It's gonna sound kind of vain, you know. When I decided I wanted a motorcycle, I, I immediately started thinking Harley Davidson. I had no idea what in the world them things cost. And <laughs> at the time, I, uh, I used to work at this job where I delivered flowers. You know, and it was really kind of it was kind of fun because every time I showed up, some, showed up at somebody's door, they always smiled at me. It was kind of cool, you know. So I never had a pat, unhappy customer. Right. But, I, I, but the shop was I always had to pass by this bike shop all the time, you know. And and I kept looking at all the, all the cool the cool old bikes sitting out there. I said, man, that's what I need right there. I need to do that, you know. So I started looking around, and I didn't know anything about bikes. I didn't grow up with them, you know. And so I started looking around. I went to the Harley shop, and I, and I started looking at looking at those bikes. And I saw one I really liked, and I don't remember what it was. And I was like, man, that's cool. And I asked the salesman how much it was, and he told me some. I think it was Absurd like third number. Yeah, at the time, you know, I'm living at home. I'm making two hundred dollars a week. You know, how the heck I'm going to buy that? You know, so that kind of took the wind out of my sail. So then I went down to the bike store where they sold everything but Harley, and looked at the, looked at those cruisers, and I saw that that Honda. It was used. Kind of looks like Harley. You know, okay, nobody will know the difference. You know, it's like <laughs> being vain about it. You know, six months later, yeah, I, I everybody knew the difference, but. But I, I loved that bike. That was a cool bike. I wasn't on it really more, much more than a year, and I came across that Ironhead Sportster on, on the rigid frame. Oh, wow. And, and that was like jumping out of the frying pan into the fire when I got that thing, but I didn't care. Yeah. Um, I had to, you know, I, I made a deal where I can get that bike, and <laughs> the day when I went to pick it up, um, I had to work on it before I, before I left with it. And I was happy about it too. And because I knew, I don't know, I guess it's a sense of accomplishment, I guess, you know, I had to rent. So I, don't, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was like a, a carburetor issue or a freaking spark. I don't remember what it was, spark plug, something. Right. And and it was all kickstart too. There's no electric start. And I never kickstarted anything in my life. Man, oh. that, was, that was fun. <laughs> and, uh, I think at the time I weighed 160 pounds too. So I, I, it was a lot to get, get that compression to kick over, you know? Mm. And, and if you don't get of, it right, it'll buck you like a mule. Oh yeah. <laughs> I still, I still have a, my knee still hurts to this day. <laughs> so, I mean, it, all, it depends on what the weather's doing. But that was my second motorcycle. And I rode that thing and I worked on that thing and I rode that thing and I worked on that thing. I worked on that thing that I, work on it some more and then i wrote it again you know that kind of thing right and right. and but i was proud of that bike and then but that's not my first motorcycle you asked me about my first motorcycle and i think you had another question though my, my second question after that was i'm pretty sure i know the answer but what is your most fate what's your favorite motorcycle do you have a do you have a like a a dream motorcycle to have or do you enjoy the tramp as much or you know that's that's a good question because there's a lot of them i can lay eyes on and just fall in love with them all over you know just right. like just like the last one i might have saw 
Alain, I, I could tell you the genre, you know, everybody knows the genre and it's not just because they're old. It's just because there's, there's something about them. They, there's personality to them. Every, every one of them has a soul to them, so to speak. Right. They all sound different no matter what. I love the tramp. I mean, every time I get in the, every time I get on that tramp after riding the soft tail, even my last soft tail, I get in the tramp and I feel like I'm flying an airplane, you know, it's just like, I'm in a, it's like I'm in a cockpit or something. Right. And, I really don't don't know how to answer that. I guess maybe right now my right now my favorite bike is the one I put together because it it has a theme to it in my own mind. You know, it it looks right. like it's ready to ride off into eternity, you know, and leave the world behind. Ride down a highway that nobody else can know but me, right. me and that bike. And damn it, Tramp, you're gonna make me spend a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> that's just that's just that's just my that's just that's just where I'm where my head's at with that thing. And really, a motorcycle in it motorcycling in general you know to me you know was when i got my first motorcycle you know riding to the stop sign and back was cool but then the distance had to be further and i realized it ain't no fun to ride the bike around town or even just 50 miles and back you know when i get on a bike the the, the thing i want to do the most is keep going and not look back and exactly and i did that i did that in 2006 um, for, for about three months, I had no plans of ever coming back to Mississippi and everything that surrounded my situation motivated me to never come back. And they weren't necessarily bad things. They were just things, you know? And, and I think you, you, some people with some people, it's RVs, other people, it's vans, some people it's boats, you know, me, it's, it's motorcycles. And I think a motorcycle is a perfect, perfect machine for something like that. Because you get the experience, you're you're totally unsheltered from the elements and and the environment around you, and you experience everything around you as you're going, and you have stories to tell at the end of the day, or even at the end of the week, or at the end of the year. And when it's been years, you have all kinds of experiences you can share with people. Mm-hmm. And if I could get away with it, I would be like Scooter Tramp Scotty. I have some things that you know, just like we you y'all have, you guys have things that that cause you to behave yourself so to speak you know right and you know but honestly it was when i when i came south for the winter because i knew i wasn't going to be able to survive in the winter on a motorcycle up north i was actually up there where where uh where uh where tony lives at the time when i decided to come south i was in louisville because my oh, wow. uh, my, uh, my mother was living there at the time and i was basically i would go places where i knew people where i knew people would put me up you know right you got a couch and, to sleep on yeah, something like that. Or and but I came south for the winter and I ended up meeting my wife. But you, you guys know how that works. Yes, and, sir. Uh, I do. And then I have a job that I, it was funny cuz when I came south, I got my job first before I got my met my wife, but, but before that I was working jobs here and there just to just to get enough money to go to the next place. But I wouldn't right. tell the job that. Oh yeah, man, I, I plan on being faithful. Blah 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 blah. Nah, I get about five. <laughs> See you later. And <laughs> and then I came south and I got that job and I had no no intention of staying there. And I'm still there. It's been it's been uh, 13 years now. You know. <laughs> is, is Scotty the guy that has the bike shop in your neck of the woods there? No, Scotty's that guy I talked about. Uh, Scooter Tramp Scotty. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen his youtube page his, his i have name. yeah just go into what he does and how adventurous that dude is yeah the guy this this is a guy who what's his name 
uh, Scotty Caracas, but his is that, I uh, mean his YouTube handle. That that's his YouTube channel. Is Scotty Caracas? Is K E R E K E S? It's kind of Greek sounding. And he, this guy, he's from California. He he had his own business. He had his, had a good thing going for himself, and he realized one day he's going to lose it all. But it bugged him so much, and he, he decided he wondered what he was what he really wanted to do. So slowly, slowly, he started selling things off. He even put all his customers off. He had a roofing business, you know. Start, he started, you know, kind of, you know, ignoring phone calls and stuff like that. Sold his house, sold every everything, and got down to where he can only pack. Well, he got down to where he could, he could uh, pack what he could on his motorcycle that that which he knew he could he could use, and he just split, and and to look everything in the look at everything in the rear mirror that that you have known and seeing it all going bye-bye and not knowing what's ahead and just diving into it and then making that your new world he, yep. he's been doing it 23 years and he hadn't looked back well i just subscribed uh, to his channel so i want to check it out you does know? scooter I, i've never seen the guy is he like seven foot two with oh, no, no he's chest short. he's like waist and shoulders no, he's shorter than I am. Oh, he's nothing like you then. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not seven foot two. <laughs> so he was referring to Ryan Kid Moto. These oh, guys okay. keep giving me crap because I'm six three, two hundred and thirty pounds, and they all look like little girls standing by me. Oh, we're right, gonna yes. a group. We're going to take a group we're... photo at MMM, and Tony, you're going to stand right next to Ryan. <laughs> wow, you're almost as tall as my dad was. My dad I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stand on the other side because I'm only five eight two. I'm gonna have to make him get on his knees, or I'm gonna get a poke, get some damn uh, stilts and stand next to him. <laughs> That's cool. We need yeah. ten yeah. poles Challenge. because we can't use them. I'll <laughs> 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 have to use selfie sticks to take pictures of me. <laughs> How's the weather the up there? <laughs> like I said, I hope nobody's camera shot. Percy's in trouble. Mm. Yeah, he's Percy, worse. yeah. I'm gonna he's reach out. I'm gonna reach out to him and ask him to do a face reveal before MMM. Yes, yeah. who he is. <laughs> it's gonna be hard, man. Well, there's gonna be a lot of people. I don't. I don't know who they are because I. I've, you know, I haven't seen their faces on YouTube, and I can't see their faces on Discord either. That's what's going to be fun about it, man. You know, you've, you've gotten to know all these personalities through the Discord or through, through YouTube, and then finally meeting them and riding with them, that's going to be the best part. Well, hopefully all I'll right. be riding with Leaky I got over here. <laughs> Tony, you got to get that sorted because you're going to trade. I'm, going, I'm taking it to the dealer in the morning. They want to keep it a couple of days, though. Punch somebody in the nuts. They wouldn't tell them that they don't have a choice. They, you need that ship back by Tuesday. Well, I did because they weren't. They were like, we can't get you in for like two weeks. And I said, that that's not going to oh work. Oh my god! I was After like, that's what they not did last work. time. Do what? After what they did last time? Yeah, and that's what I brought up. And they were like, well, if you can get it in here Thursday morning, we'll have it for you. Hopefully Friday, because they're thinking it's the fuel pump, so they're probably going to have to order a pump. Yeah, that's what I was thinking it was. Yeah. Well, tell them mm. to pull one of their new bikes off the floor and pull a pump off that and put it in. Yeah. yeah. That would... Or they could just loan you a new bike. Something. Punch somebody in the nuggets. You tell them you need to I'm... think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll get me fixed up. Do you need me to get aggressive? Because I'm not beyond No, that. I do I'm not gonna... need you to get aggressive. I will not be welcomed in the dealer. <laughs> Unleash the riot. <laughs> 
Congressional not stand, man. <laughs> you better not have your babies out. I'll just <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> and keep, and keep stay away from the pegboard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sit back, everyone, and hold on to your hats. Now we have the FDP Five Dirty Facts. No way. Yes way. If nobody minds, I'll, I'll go first here. Yeah. Um, and the reason I'm going first is because I'm afraid somebody else already has this one. <laughs> so well, happy horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, in fact, I, I think I'm confident now that that might be the case. <laughs> so, rider aids are kind of a, a big thing in motorcycling, and, and some love them, some hate them. And there's usually that division from, from old school riders to, to newer riders who enjoy the rider aids. And companies have been the, all over this. The what? Rider aids. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Lay it on I'm, us. I'm not going to touch that with the 10 foot pole. <laughs> I just, I was trying to figure out like you were like, you, it wasn't one word or it wasn't like two separate words. The way you were saying it, it was like rider aids. Rider aids. And I didn't know what rider aids was. So, okay. Rider aids. So, so KTM and Ducati have both already confirmed that they are going to have bikes with something called radar-based adaptive cruise control. And, and basically what it does is it recognizes vehicles in front of them and behind them. You and son of a bitch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it, it, adjusts, it adjusts the bike's speed based on what, what the environment is like. What's in front of them, what's behind them. Vehicles, bicycles, people, all that kind of stuff. Harley now just submitted a patent to one-up KTM and Ducati. What Harley is doing is they, they filed a patent to do this for group rides. So not just, not just cars, but in the group ride environment this patent is for, where the bikes will be able to adjust their speed their conditions based on other motorcyclists around them. This is kind of a big deal for, for Harley because the criticism is often that they're, they're behind in the game in rider aids or rider aids as I sometimes say it. Um, so, <laughs> so with KTM and Ducati, right now the way it works their adaptive cruise control, it, it does not work at all in group rides. And, and Harley is stepping up the game with their adaptive cruise control in group rides. Hopefully they'll put this in production within the next couple of years, they hope. Uh, KTM and Ducati are putting their adaptive cruise control bikes in production within the next six, six or eight months, but Harley hopes within the next couple of years on theirs. I think it'll be about five years because that normally will, what it takes them to get stuff out. And it'll be on the Energizer Bunny first, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it will. <laughs> I, I know I know a couple things for certain. If it's going on a Harley, it's going to weigh four times as much as KTM and Ducati's adaptive cruise control setup. And since they're a premium line, it's probably going to cost $80,000. It'll be like trying to buy a Tesla. Your logic is sound. Yes. <laughs> Very. 
people. Now that I don't have a dirty fat, somebody else go ahead and pile up another. I know. That's what I'm saying. I was just, I was just sitting here trying to look up stuff and couldn't come up with anything. Now I, can... I realize I have to get at least two in or go first. <laughs> Usually I go last. I had to go first this time. Oh, I can go. All right, so mine's a continuation from last week's dirty fact. Um, as I told everybody, Elvis's uh, FLH seventy six Harley was on auction. It went on auction the thirty first. To everybody's disappointment, I might say it did not fetch the numbers that people were projecting. Mm. It took the bronze for the most expensive bike ever sold. Elvis's 1976 FLH Electroglide went for 800k wow. at auction. Should have included the peanut butter and bananas. And amphetamines. Do not forget the amphetamines. I always forget the amphetamines. That's what year the shovelhead is that I got in my garage. Really? Yeah, 76. Huh. Yeah, that's one of my future projects. Yeah, they were saying they were saying it could have gotten up to two million, and only it didn't even top a million. I was even I was surprised. People huh. love Elvis, love him. Yep, Man's I, I like Elvis. He is a national treasure. He is. Yeah. So I'm going to go before somebody else takes it. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, brother. So, since we were talking about the Energizer Bunny, <laughs> oh, has no. anybody heard of the Arc Vector electric motorcycle? Is that the one that's like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar bike? It is going into production in 2020, and it is $114,000. Yeah, I did, did hear about, about that, yep. Does that thing have a, a, a can, like cantilever-style front setup, whatever thing, yes. spring? Mm, yeah, I, I saw that bike. That bike is it's mean. A, it's a, it's a mean-looking motorcycle, but Harley, you know, they have some competition now. One hundred fourteen grand. you know, what the hell? Isn't that fucker better... That fucker better grind my coffee and give me a nice steamer. I think <laughs> a steamer right on a your what? chest. Hot uh, <laughs> <on> Carl. <laughs> God. <laughs> you and I define steamers very differently, my friend. Man, you talking about that Alabama steamer bean? <laughs> <laughs> Tony does doesn't uh, does Keanu Reeves own that company? No, I think he has something to do with it. He, what was the name again? Vector. Arc Vector. Arc Vector. His is, is Arch, isn't it? His Arch. Is Arch. Yes. Oh, okay. I had it mixed up. Yeah, I was I was going right there with you. But yeah, it's pretty badass. 485 pounds. So it's lighter than any other bike. Zero to 60 is under three seconds too, isn't it? Uh, I don't see this information you speak of. Hi, kitty. cat. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that was an actual real cat because otherwise that noise was creeping me out. I was glad it wasn't in my head. Sorry, guys. I don't see any. Oh, you're all right, buddy. You're you're fine, man. I thought it was I thought it was Mike doing his sound effects again. His police academy sound effects. Zero to sixty is done in three seconds. Okay. Top speed will be 125 miles an hour. That's insane. Uh, charge time will be 40 minutes. Because that's the way it should be done. That's Harley. Horseshit. That's horseshit. I don't believe that for a second. I think it's horseshit. He's calling horseshit 
I am. I, if they if they have that, that they have a battery technology that no one has. I'm pretty sure if you look in the in the parts catalog, part the HD parts catalog, they sell a bag. Shit. They sell a bag of horseshit. It's yeah. it's like three hundred dollars. <laughs> Tony carries <laughs> a bag of chicken. You can go to the zoo here and get it's, a truckload of zoo food. It's in my toolbox, man. Already, I'm already set. Oh well, that's good. All right, I'm gonna go. Go. So Indian just released horseshit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> horseshit. Indian just just announced their two of their 2020 um, models model bikes, and they have the hundredth anniversary Scout Fire Engine Red. It, it is all they have red as a normal color, but and their Scout Bobber 20 is announced. So I was looking at the Scout Bobber 20, and when I first looked at the bikes, I was pretty excited. And then I looked at the Scout Bobber 20 and I got really pissed off because right when you think that Indian is, uh, you know, trying to do something different. So I actually got pissed off when I looked at both of the bikes. So first of all, I'm going to start with the, with the Scout Bobber. The Scout Bobber has got <laughs> exactly the same bars on it as Tony Slim. And the Scout Bobber 20 looks like the uh, Harley Davidson Rocker C with that uh, tractor style seat raised off of the back fender and uh, mini ape handlebars and, and, and a two into one pipe. And I'm just like upswept pipe. And I'm like, you know what? As much as they're trying to be individuals, they continue to copy other styles. And that is irritating the shit out of me. But what should be more irritating is they can copy the styles and have the same exact thing, but offer it for $5,000 less. These bikes aren't necessarily less though. They're, they're still, uh, they're bobber. It's still on the bobber platform and they're still up above the, they're, they're a soft tail price in a soft tail price range starting um, at 1149 going all the way up to, um, 14, nine. So they're, there and the Indian, the, the lowest Indian Scout, the Indian Scout 60 is the 899 price, um, which is the, you know, in Sportster range and the Indian Scout 60 is a Sportster um, displacement size. So right. they're, they're, their bikes are still in that, in that range. So they're not, not that. And, and their 2020, um, their 2020 Chieftain with the, with the Batwing fairing, that fairing they restyled <laughs> that looks a lot like Harley's fairing again. So he said I, I bat wing. The bat wing say, fairing. I did say bat wing. <laughs> so anyway, that was Chicken. that's that's where I'm at with it. Chicken skin. First glance they look <laughs> awesome and then just push me over the edge. Gotta make it flat like paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh sitting here looking at him. I'm with Ryan. Bat wings? <laughs> <You're> just... <laughs> God damn. Didn't one of them have uh, like a road glide, like like the shark nose fairing on it? No, they're supposed to be coming out with that this year, though. They're calling it the road, the, the road glide killer is supposed to have a, a shark glide or a it, shark nose fairing. It looks really, really good. So if I ever went bagger, I'd, I'd totally go to Indian. Well, I'll tell you what, you go to Indy and take your compass because it's not much cheaper than Harley. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're beautiful bikes, but man. Yeah, yeah, take your compass with you because I'm sitting here looking at the prices. 
you're you gonna see be which way it's coming from. Yep. You're gonna be able to pull out that 16 pound bowling ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was reading about zero, and this is sort of interesting to me. I know this is an old article, but they were talking about adding stability control to an electric motorcycle to the zero SRF stability. Yeah. What's I that said gonna, it. What's that going to do? That'd be explain, like when you explain that to me, Mike, what's that going to do for it's a rider aid? Is it's it another rider aid? It's a, it's a rider aid. The Energizer so, bunny, the Energizer bunny so has rider aid. Rider aid. It's great um, in the rain. It's yeah. So they during, um, it's a healthy buffer between themselves and that edge while racers live on the edge. Uh, reaction time of human is 750 milliseconds. A trained MotoGP rider is 270. You guys are going to stop <laughs> doing this five dirty facts stuff because I am never prepared for anything. Well, I was <laughs> well, this prepared until Jumpy McJumperson jumped up first. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had to take it. I knew I had to take it. I, I saw it earlier today. I'm like, somebody else is going to take this. I got to take it first. Keep it dirty, riders. And we'll see you next time on the FDB Podcast.